0: Make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects
1: and uh, you're not impolite to people. No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, (laughs) ever controversial or impolite.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Welcome to P*** Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, ex-Muslim host Aina, keeping it non-controversial. Welcome to episode
1: forty-three, everyone. I have got a very special guest here today. I've got Kelly Jones, Alex Jones's ex-wife, here to tell her story. Hi, Kelly. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Ina. Thanks for having me on. It's just been, uh, you know, amazing watching what's going on with your story. Like on Twitter, I started following you very early on when your account was pretty small, and I wasn't sure if you were like the the real Kelly Jones um but you know when you started putting up video clips and stuff like that that made it pretty obvious that you are who you say you are so so yeah can you tell us a bit about what got, what prompted you to start speaking out and
2: yeah so um i'm Obviously, I'm Alex Jones' ex-wife, and people, I guess, really first heard about me last year around April in 2017 when they maybe followed our jury trial. Uh, It was a jury trial off a Sapster case that Alex filed, a suit affecting child and parent relationship. And um, the jury decided for me 10 to 2 to be primary parent to our children. Um, This was after years of me actually having lost most, if not all of my custody of our children at the time. And I was the children's Primary and only real caregiver. So I had these beautiful kids ripped out of my life and put into a horrible situation because of the aggressive, vexatious filings of Alex Jones. So lying um, under oath on the stand, but also lying and repeat motion after motion to reduce and eventually take all the custody from me. Despite all this and having spent like every liquid cent I had. To go through this jury trial. I mean, our, our case was incredibly expensive, Ina, like over $6 million total. Oh, wow. But I come to the finish line, the jury decides for me, and the judge in the case, um, who had acted with such bias and had even taken custody away for things she herself said she did not believe, um, this judge has left the children primarily with Alex despite the verdict. So, this seems I'm, so
1: uh, like. Bizarre to me, you know, it's Alex Jones. He's a well-known figure. You had the jury in your favor. How does that, how does that happen?
2: Yeah, I'm glad it seems bizarre to you, and I hope that America finds it bizarre. What I've found after um, emerging a little bit more publicly at the jury trial, you know, I had been forced into silence, had my free speech really gagged uh, from the get-go in this case, although I did originally seal the case myself out of concern for my children's privacy. Mm -hmm. But as Alex was doing There was a lot of just really obvious injustice in my case from the get-go. And so that prompted me at that point to want to speak out. But what I found out when I came out online, and mostly this was on Facebook, is that there's a huge community of Americans, of good, decent parents, that have had horrible things happen to them in family court. And the great tragedy of that, Ina, is that people perceive that family court issues that are often, you know, very unconstitutional, like due process violations, clear abusive judicial discretion, which is, I think, very obvious in my case. I Mm -hmm. mean, like you said, it's Alex Jones. The kids are still with him despite a verdict. The judge has just sort of co-opted this, the ruling and just said, well, I'm going to make it this way. Well, that's not okay. And um, the law does not stop when you enter family court. And in fact, Ina, more people will probably pass through family court than all the courts in America. It's the court that more money passes through. So uh, what happened to me is not an isolated incident, although it is sort of a poster child incident, to show America. If it's a woman, a mom, a good mom, and I was a good mom. I'm not a perfect mom. I've made a lot of mistakes. I was very stressed I was coming out of a domestically abusive relationship, right? But I did my best to get out. With Alex Jones. With Alex Jones. I did my best to get out of that relationship. And when I expressed my concerns about abuse and neglect and other things that are, you know, I'm trying to keep still private for my kids. Instead of helping me, the people that were put in place as experts who were incredibly highly paid and have, many of them have admitted that they lied. They gaslit me, and they turned to me, and nobody would believe me. And so I lost my kids off lies, got them back with a jury verdict. I mean, I fought tooth and nail. This is more than a full-time job for me, right? I'm I'm a mama. I'm, like, trying to help my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Get the kids back. And then now I still don't have them back according to the verdict. And I'm having to appeal orders that this judge issued that infringe on my free speech, that say things that I specifically can't say about Alex that infringe on my Fourth Amendment rights and other rights. It's Now
1: I, I remember hearing you say in another interview that, you know, it's ironic that Alex kind of markets himself as a free speech advocate, but then you have these gags on you where you can't say specific words about Alex.
2: I found I mean, that I don't pretty think interesting. It's ironic. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You want to ask no, me no, again? No, no, no. Go on. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think it's ironic. I think it's hypocritical. I think it's the ultimate illustration of who this guy is, who actively now is saying, "Oh, I'm being censored on YouTube." Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, he used to drive a huge donation drive. Right. Right. When he said he had, he was on the
1: last strike. But then you have also campaigned and successfully had him remove another video since, so if he had been on the last strike since, that time when he claimed that he was, then this would have been another strike against him, surely, right?
2: It Doesn't that seem to follow, Ina? It's bizarre to me. And what's even more bizarre is that none of the media has covered this video takedown, which was not only defamatory, but it was a violation of court orders for him to broadcast the documents that were sealed in my case on that broadcast. He broadcast personal information about my and my children's actual physical whereabouts, identifying information about us that's just incredibly endangering in conjunction with lies saying, you know, one of the lies he says in the video is that he never tried to take the children from me and that I started everything. In fact, Alex filed for sole managing conservatorship as soon as he could. Once the case was out of the mediation process that I incepted it in, I tried to file collaboratively with him. Mm -hmm. Once it was in litigation, as soon as Alex was able, he filed to take the kids completely away from me and he wasn't spending time with them. They were going to his parents. They were he was gone for months on luxury travel. I mean, it's very, you know, it it, it was a heartache for me. I mean, I love my kids. I I went from seeing my kids go from being very happy, well-adjusted, engaged kids, you know, especially considering their circumstance, to being highly distressed and and things I can't talk about here, but just unbelievable things. So Yeah, that's um, so sad. I, I can't imagine what Oh my gosh. It's really saying. awful. I mean, there's things going on right now that I'm having to actively address. I mean, I'm exhausted. I don't have major counsel anymore because I spent all that money on the trial. I'm I have an appeal going, which will never reap me any financial benefit, you know, Um, but I'm appealing these unconstitutional orders, not only for myself to protect my free speech and civil liberties, but because, folks, my case, the orders in my case can become case law for yours if they're left as they stand. Mm. And it's just shocking to me. I have no support, um, not very little support legally from like, you know. I've had some people come forward, and so I'm hoping that that's changing. Mm-hmm. But I would hope that, like the Georgetown Civil Rights Clinic, that's all suing Alex in another matter, would be interested in this because it it boils down to that that main issue you were trying to crystallize, Ina. And I don't want to take the floor here too much, but he has a company called Free Speech Systems. He goes <laughs> on the air to say my free speech is being censored nobody's trying to take his free speech away. And he capitalizes
1: on that, right? Like, he banks on that.
2: He banks on it. And, I mean, the money that comes into Alex, some of that is going to actively fight my own free speech. So it's beyond bizarre. And what I've seen that has been really alarming to me, um, because I really largely am not such a political person, but Mm -hmm. I think we're all concerned about the way our country is going right now. And what I have seen is just this, blind, you know, accusatory, judgmental following of his. People have said things to me like, he never said anything bad about you, and this is bitter, sour grapes. No, Alex came out first. He violated the court gag and seal and lied to me to millions of people. (laughs) I'm sorry. I am speaking because, number one, I'm trying to get him to stop filing against me. Number two, I think if America's attention focuses on what happened in my case, it will create outrage about my situation, but also the general brokenness of family court. And number three, I mean, I'm actively trying to save my rights, right? Mm -hmm. I am
1: kind of surprised that this uh, hasn't gotten more media attention, to be honest. And I saw you post this really you know, this video that made me very sad about asking people, you know, not to blame your son because he really had no choice in in being Alex Jones' son and therefore being like brainwashed in a way and now he's on being put on video and, uh, you know, challenging David Hogg to these debates and I can't imagine what it feels like as a mother to see that.
2: Listen, my son who I basically lost custody of around the time he was like age 11, you know, he was, um, he was into science. He was, he was this exuberant loving kid. He was a major competitive swimmer. Like he was dedicated to that. He was dedicated to learning. He read all the time. He was, and he's, you know exceptionally gifted and just so bright but the thing that that breaks my heart you know is to see him being used to put out hate filled messages i mean obviously you know a lot of people from Alex's campus said oh well he says he wants this really do you? i i don't know because when the jury decided for me my son was very different to me since the jury verdict, when he understands that he's with Alex and I never see my son anymore, number I mean, he's been, he's manifesting just great changes, like in his demeanor to me. But um, when he felt free to to come home, he was very different to me. And mm-hmm. the other thing that's going on here is this overlay of parental alienation, but... No child at 15 knows what they want their future to be. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe you have an inkling. Maybe you have an understanding. But um, putting my minor child out there, you know, it was very endangering. This is a highly charged topic. I've seen horrible comments to Rex, not only in just egging him on, but also very aggressive comments. And he's had terrible things um, in that way online before. So it further exposes him to that. But like what I said before, it's like you can't decide your child's destiny at age 15 for them. And in a way, this kind of has done that a little bit. Yeah, well,
1: certainly putting him on air slapping the InfoWars label on a child is just not a good idea.
2: You know what, Ina? That judge, in my case, wouldn't let any InfoWars footage come before the jury. There was like one clip she let in, but there was footage of Alex ranting and raging drunk, other things, and she wouldn't let it come before the jury because Alex said, lied, right, lied to America and on the stand and said, I'm a performance actor, this isn't really me. Right, right, he said he was playing a character, right. I wanted to ask you about that. Well, he's not playing a character, he's worse in real life, but the thing about that is, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, it's intense, but not only that, like, it is all about infowars, as you can see, because now my son has become infowars. And mm-hmm. the judge denied me so many due process rights throughout the actual trial. Like Alex got to put on his argument for five and a half days in direct, and I had one and a half days. I mean, it's just such a biased judge. despite that, the jury decided for me, despite all of that because I showed the serious situation my kids were in. And after that, the judge just said, hmm, we're just going to you know, take away all, a lot of your rights and leave the kids in this bad situation. And then here you have my son, now the face of InfoWars. Yeah, it's just, it's unreal to me. Um, so when you say he's not me playing too. a character. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. When you say he's not playing a character, uh, like, So what's it like? What's he like outside of Infowars? Does he really believe that, I don't know, Pepsi is turning the frogs gay or whatever it was? Or does he really believe that Sandy Hook was a hoax? And these are just some horrific things to believe. Some more harmful Um, than others, but...
2: Yeah, he believes it, except when it behooves him not to believe it. But that is how he lives his life. Mm. So it's, it's, it's almost like a... What is that when you can make yourself disbelieve something you really believe in order to get your way? Oh, like, yeah. The like free speech issue. Like, I think that's a certain kind of problem that somebody might have. But the rage. Like cognitive dissonance kind of thing. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, clearly, you know, we had to live the life of um, th- that, you know, was sort of the, it was encompassed by his ideology, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think really more of concern for me as a parent, you know, although those opinions, many of them are obviously very delusional and have hurt people horrifically, you know. I'm horrified. So is
1: that something like he would just talk about, like at the family dinner table before? Like would you hear rants like that?
2: Well, Alex wasn't at the dinner table a lot, which is part of the reason why Mm. I probably stayed in the relationship so long. Alex Mm. was mostly gone and mostly on the air and when he wasn't on the air, he was watching himself on the air or talking about himself <laughs> on the air. But um That can't be healthy. Definitely, I mean, definitely like I, you know, I'm thinking of moving and I've got to figure out what I've got to do with like forty years of stored food <laughs> under my house. I mean there's what you know. Yeah. Like, you know, storable foods, that kind of thing. Yes, definitely he believes that. <laughs> I yeah. I I'm
1: I'm spe- like Yeah, I heard you say in another interview, there were things that you would never have done had you not been married to Alex Jones. So his ideology definitely bled into your day-to-day life, right? His paranoia and stuff like that.
2: Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a
1: thing that I read about the trial where he said that's why he couldn't remember the names of his kids because
2: he had just had a big bowl of chili I mean, I think he said it was either their ages or their grades. He definitely knows their names. But okay. <laughs> he did use the chilly excuse, which was, you know, kind of this jive theatrical tactic of of my attorney to show what is obvious. Is that, you know, he doesn't know, he, he really doesn't have a very deep and definitely not a, like, one-on-one relationship. Yeah, without, well, even or, the without. ages, right? Like, n- to not
1: know your kid's ages is a bit...
2: I think it might have been the grades. I I don't exactly remember, you know, but but there's a lot he didn't know. You know, there's a a lot that he said about my kids that wasn't true, about their interests, about their friends, about their grades, what teachers they had, you know. Mm. He doesn't – my experience of Alex is that he will never – be alone with the kids he has like an army of nannies he's got a new wife he's got his parents my kids live with this kind of bizarre entourage of highly highly paid people mm-hmm. and a really kind of bizarre that's a bizarre situation of itself right of course it's not like a normal family dynamic yeah so it's and
1: sad. yeah I heard you say and, as well that you're not sure if he has any friends really because he, he's always around people who are paid to be around him
2: or want to be around him because he's famous. Or, yeah, you know? or that. Mm-hmm. Um, or but, just buying them dinner, you know, buying it, them watches, buying them cars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's not a, a natural way to create it's relationships. It, yeah, it's sad. It's sad for him, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So can you just uh, take me back a bit and tell me what it was like? Like, you know, you sound like a very articulate and lovely person. Like, how how does someone like you fall for Alex Jones like was he different back then or like how did that how did that happen
2: well I mean I was 29 when I met Alex I had moved back to Austin Um, my best friend was dying and I was in a vulnerable time of my Mm. life I mean Alex was good looking back then (laughs) Uh, you know 23 24 years old And uh, met him through, we had the same producer, we had an Access show on Access TV. I mean, Alex had no kind of radio presence then. um, And he was different on the outside, you know. I think that a lot of the more concerning things in a relationship that does become the domestic violence cycle You know, you're groomed by a narcissist or you're lured Mm. into this relationship. I was vulnerable. I mean, I grew up in Europe traveling around. So the friends that I have in Austin, they're, you know, I don't have this like deep root in Austin. I had kind of like friends all over everywhere. So kind of alone when I came back to Austin, I get in with this narcissistic guy who's really nice to me, really adoring. Um, and then suddenly, you know, fast forward a couple years later, he's made me leave my job to work for him, has wrote me in to basically help him start Infowars, which is pa- also part of the reason why I'm speaking out because as bad as it is now, it was very different way back then. It was a lot more police state, you know, big brother, um oriented. In fact, there was a time during uh, George W.'s presidency when a lot of liberals were listening to Alex. I mean, mm. Alex now, who he is on the air, is very different. Mm. But but I got into a situation where I felt like I had to marry him, and so I did. And I, I tried to leave multiple times after that, but it really is hard to understand how well first of all i think we can see how manipulative he is in controlling mm-hmm. because he's basically totally influencing america right now but beyond that it's really really is hard to leave an abusive relationship you become isolated your finances become isolated mm-hmm. you've got kids i mean i lived with the constant threat if i ever tried to leave or or even to contact people if there was a serious concern that my children would be stolen from me, which is, of course, what ended up happening, um, you know. And and it's also terrifying. I mean, he's a really big, strong, terrifying guy, mm-hmm. you know. so. Um, and so you I tried to leave before as well, right? Many times. I mean, I, I think you could just go watch some Lifetime movie about what it's like to be in a domestically abusive mm-hmm, relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I watched, what was it? Little Lies, Sweet Little Lies, or something like that, and really watched, you know, how how long it took that woman, Nicole Kidman character, to come to terms with the fact that she was in a really sick relationship. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, is it called Sweet Little Lies? Is it the show, it not the movie? It had like
1: I, I don't know, a few episodes.
2: Yeah, it had a bunch of episodes, and they did a really good job of showing how, like, a powerful narcissist grooms you for yeah. abuse yeah yeah I saw that, that was- it's a real phenomenon and the real tragedy Ina, is that family court instead of helping abuse victims often turns the gaslight on them alongside their abuser and so um, you're leaving a horrible relationship you're reporting abuse and instead of people believing you they target you which is exactly what happened to me wow well I just
1: I really feel for you you know like I can't Imagine being in your shoes right now and having kids like, under the guidance of Alex Jones and being put out there to face the world as the face of Infowars and ah, oh, I just and I, and I've heard you say that you understand why people don't you know why people might not have sympathy for you because you helped start this Infowars thing and uh, I think you, you said that you helped Alex reach some of his success. So can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I came back to Austin. I had been working for PETA, if you can believe it. Um, And so I had developed kind of a a good understanding of grassroots media, which I'm trying to tap into now with my CassidyWars.com site, right? Mm -hmm. But I was able at that juncture to help Alex get on the wire for the first time to get him his first guest. And, you know, frankly, at 29 years old, I was not... Um, that concerned as concerned as I might have been about really what I was putting out there, I was also really being pressured to be involved and isolated in the business. So I actively removed myself from all content involvement over 10 years ago and refused to listen to his show. Um, I was still married to him. I did do some of the back-end work of the business. But I was also very vocally outspoken to Alex saying, this is what are you talking about what are you saying you know I think actually if you look at the how much the content has actually changed and how just completely partisan and on down the road and all of that it is now how hateful this his crowd is like just haters now mm. I mean before there were some real thinking involved people these libertarians <laughs> that were constitutionalists but if you look at when that content really changed it was really around the time of the divorce right when
1: So would you say that you like bought into a lot of Alex's conspiracy theories at the time? Were you like
2: I mean, I, on I the think same that wavelength as him? I, I definitely you know was very concerned about overreaching police actions and Big Brother issues. Um, I have particularly Ina this week, been really shocked about the deployment of the National Guard to our border, and Alex is not speaking out against it. That was the basic premise off mm. of which he. He formed his core audience, a concern about the militarization of the police. Mm-hmm. Um, but when 9-11 came around, um, I was out in the front of my house with a candle, like mourning this tragedy alongside other people in my neighborhood and people in the country. And I did not—I was like, whoa, what are you talking about, basically? I did not—at That at that point, I was like, no, I don't agree with this. And I still had some involvement, but I, I was— I would really oppose to it, actually, I think, in many instances. But I was caught. And so when I'm speaking out now, I mean... So was that kind of like a turning point for you? Like 9-11, where you were like, wow, what's... Yeah, I've never understood the 9-11 thing, honestly. (laughs) I mean, like, I couldn't even tell you his theories. And I've heard them a lot, right? But I just, I I think for sure that was a big one for me. Mm. And also, like, a few years after... I was doing like I basically was writing and producing. I was writing the site and producing his shows. So this was back like I don't even know. Do the math like twenty years ago, almost or eighteen mm. years ago, um, when Paul Watson came on and started writing more mm-hmm. and other people. He started hiring people to handle content. That's really like I really became less and less involved, you know. Mm. And then
1: this uh, whole selling supplements and plugging brain force and what do you think of that does alex take those supplements does he believe those supplements work
2: i i think he does and i think what he believes they work the most for is to pad his pocketbook or whatever his (laughs) wallet um i was outspokenly you know against those supplements and those businesses were for formed behind my back to my exclusion against my written and verbal protest to our own joint attorney. Um, those businesses were used to, they restructured the business around the time of divorce and put a lot of our just estate back into them, saying that that was now a business asset mm-hmm. rather than a, mm-hmm. a, an estate asset. So you know, the other component of this that I really don't talk about a lot, but... Having restructured all that, working all the majority of the estate back in, I mean, I lost all but ten percent of the business that had at that point the majority of our assets, and I lost all future earnings. And um, I believe that the child custody issue was partially a smokescreen for him to just steal tons of money. I mean, there are lies and perjury involved with that as well. And what kind of what kind of guy does that? You know, what kind of person? just really he really tried to ground me into the ground you know like with his heel like i'm going to take her kids and make sure she doesn't have enough money to defend them in court i'm going to make sure she spends every cent in court trying to get the kids back and i'm never going to stop filing because i can hold free speech donation drives to keep the funds coming in to litigate against her because mm-hmm. this isn't about justice or care for or concern for the kids because if it was he would have mediated with me a long time ago this is well, about Well yeah i honesty. think Having a healthy environment for your kids does not include, like,
1: I don't know, alienating them from their mom. And I I honestly don't know much about your private situation and what went on. But I would think that trying to have a stable environment would be the best thing For your children.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and honestly, I know I hate that I've had to come out publicly, but I believe that if I don't speak out publicly and draw attention to this, that he's never going to stop. He's not going to stop until, you know, I'm completely broke and the kids are, it's a non-ending legal process for me. Not only that, but he's, you know, constantly monitoring my whereabouts, harassing me. He's monitoring how? He's put a camera that points into my property. He has my child report on me when they're on the phone of where I am, what I'm doing. His uh, One of his entourage, which is actually a mercenary by trade, Blackwater guy, um, Blackwater mercenary guy, was sending my son abusive texts that are horrific, awful. I mean, that my kid is around horrible stuff. Saying, including information about where I was, and telling him he knew where I was. I mean, this is called stalking, and I'm mm-hmm. over it. I, I, I. And isn't Alex
1: or- always on about like, you know, how this paranoid fear of surveillance and?
2: Yes, ironically, so he's he's had me recorded in my home at all times. I've had a uh, uh, videotape in my face. For years, I had my every move documented. I could only see my kids for years under supervised visitation for no logical reason. Um, And this is somebody following not only me, but my kids around with a clipboard and analyzing your every move. Um, And So have you reported any of these things? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, this is unfortunately the overlay is this family court, high-dollar family court, cocoon where everybody thinks this is, oh, well, whoever's got the most money gets to beat up on someone. You know, Alex is holding a press conference next week saying that the defamation lawsuits of multiple people who have come forward because he's ruined their lives and defamed their character Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. millions of people. He's saying those are frivolous lawsuits and and therefore, you know, and they're just attacking his free speech. I can tell people that Alex went on the air well, let me back up a little bit. Alex filed repeatedly in my case over and over again lies and ridiculous, absurd filings. Like one of the filings, he says that I'm sleeping in my bed with pigs, like farm animal pigs. He's like says literally? Simply- Literally, yes. He said the most absurd things. In fact, one of the allegations was that I was at this big public place called the Ladybird Wildflower Center here in Austin where friends and family come and actually where I had just taken my daughters to a birthday party that I was spinning around on the floor screaming death, death, death. Now, that is just so far out of anything that I would do <laughs> that when I brought it up to my son, he burst out laughing and he said that never happened We shouldn't have said that. But the thing is my kids have been told to lie about me. My kids have told me recently that they're been that they are gonna stop lying about me because my kids are being coercively controlled in a in a documentedly sick environment. And that's why I'm coming forward to, I know, I hate this. I don't want to put their grief on the air, but I can't be silent and cover up the abuse that is still going on in my children's life to protect them from public scrutiny because they need to be out of it. We need to move on. Mm. If I could, I would leave this country. I mean, this is, I don't want to be Alex Jones's ex-wife. I just want to be Kelly Jones or my future husband to be Kelly Morales. I just want to be in my life. Mm. But I have to speak out because in silence, uh, nothing is going to happen. And I hope that people will really try and understand this complicated issue and see that it really is just that kids are in a dangerous situation and that I'm speaking out because of that. Mm-hmm. And I would never lie about that. Like, why would I make that up? Why would I come forward? It's embarrassing. I'm under all kinds of attack. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that even what I've said today will lead me to have a lot of people saying, well, you're terrible. How could you have been a part of that? Well, it was very different. I was a part of it at its inception, um, and you but, regret and you regret it now, right? Like you're speaking oh, yeah. up to, yeah. especially with what it's devolved into. I mean, I am just I can't even believe it, honestly. Like I still was not really very active online until just a couple of weeks ago because I've been silenced and all this. I mean, there are people out there that are just like zombies, like hateful zombies. And the InfoWars platform has evolved. I studied World War II, right? In college, I have a scholarship from a museum in Normandy, France, Mm -hmm. that uh, we we did an in-depth study about, you know, how did this happen? I mean, I say America get very concerned. I think that we are in a very precarious situation. And I think the mouthpiece The propaganda mouthpiece of this uh, neo-Confederate fascist kind of thing is Alex Jones. Mm. And I have to speak out against that, too. Right. And uh, I
1: heard you saying in another interview, uh, or I read it in an article, I can't remember, um, that... That according to you, Alex's uh, paranoid conspiracies used to be nonpartisan before, but now he's turned into a propagandist for Trump and that you think that his Trump support makes zero sense uh, based on what he used to stand for.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, don't just ask me. Ask Rob Jacobson, who's uh, one of the people who have recently made an EEOC complaint against Alex, um, who worked for Alex for 10 years. Alex was never partisan. He had... I can give you his uh, catchphrases, you know, two sides of the same coin, a dog and pony show. He was against Bush. He was against Obama. But suddenly, he's this alt-right, like, just, I mean, today, he's reporting on uh, the National Guard being deployed to our border. He made I don't know how many movies about martial law there's police state 2000. I think there's martial law is an actual movie. I mean, he, that was his platform. This is not, logical it goes against everything he stood for he is broadly endorsing um, and and defending tyrannical things in our own government that he built his platform protesting against
1: mm, I, I don't understand uh, Trump's supporters who think they are for free speech definitely not um, but it seems they're willing to overlook anything that Trump does
2: it seems like a lot of these people are unified and needing to hate and to fear. Mm. And, that, um, you know, if it's coming from the other side, they need to fear and hate it. And they just believe it. Like mm. that's it's wild to me. And that is when we have gone over into the realm of propaganda. I mean, Alex was going on Russia TV, like way before this time, uh, when he was, when then all of a sudden, like around the time of the divorce, Roger Stone comes in, Alex just booms into power, helps Trump get elected. Simultaneously, the funding for his Google promotions is just booming. Do you think Thank he you had a big hand in getting Trump elected? Absolutely, I mm. do. Yeah.
1: Or do I, you think I, he still has a lot of sway and influence over Trump?
2: I don't think that that's what's going on. I think it's the other. I think he's his lapdog. Mm. I think he's his... Um, you know, the mannequin in the ventriloquist's lap. I don't hmm. know what it is. I mean, he's he's clearly, like, completely changed into this partisan, raging alt-righter, a very thinly veiled racist, white supremacist. I mean, he's had David Duke on. There was somebody tweeting to me today um, about this other guy who's clearly an extremist, you know, that he's, he's had also. He's also said things
1: like, you know, the KKK uh, are like Jewish actors and just
2: absurd things like that. Yeah, well, in privacy, Alex would brag about his um, ancestor, who apparently was one of the founding people in Texas of the KKK. So, wow. I mean, he'll just say anything, I guess, you know. But, oh, and by the way, I know he has used me to say that he's not racist because I have distant Jewish heritage. My grandfather was Jewish. I um, absolutely will tell you that he's racist. I have, and, and and who wants their you know on the 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 the, the mere little skin of that the thin yeah. concept of that? Who wants their kids, you know, living in racism? Who wants their kids living with an alcoholic? Nobody, right? Mm-hmm. These are just basic, normal things to be concerned about as a parent.
1: Yeah, when someone's going to use the grandfather of their wife, I think you know to try and excuse themselves from accusations of racism i
2: think that alone is pretty telling um and using his adopted sister who's from korea who he mocks pulling his eyes into a slanted wow. stance and making an asian voice wow now he's, he's racist oh. yes
1: so this is not stuff that you noticed back when you guys were together or has it gotten worse or
2: I think it's gotten way, way worse. I mean, I'm not around him, but what I see on air is way worse. And absolutely, I was opposed to it when we were together. I told him it was terrible. Mm. You know, what do you do? I mean, I know people, I mean, I I would hope that people have sympathy for someone who was courted and groomed by a narcissist, indoctrinated, got out, like woke up and got out, tried, fought hard. I mean, I filed years prior to this um, to get away from Alex. Um, and then, I mean, I hope that people would have empathy if they don't. I understand, I guess. But uh, we all make mistakes. And I mean, it's domestic violence is a serious issue. I mm-hmm. encourage people to go look at the domestic violence cycle because it's real. And also, like I'm trying to encourage people, if you think you might be in a domestically violent relationship, you probably are. You know, because mm-hmm. you sit there and ask, "Well, is this what's really going on?" Because they're simultaneously gaslighting you too, right? Like your perception isn't okay. There, you're something wrong with you. You're crazy. You're bad. So you're just trying to, in isolation, having had all your friends and family, you know, estranged from you by the person's actions, figure it out and get out. With young kids, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Now,
1: I, I don't know if you can uh, speak about this, and I'll cut it out if you if you can't, but. When you say domestic violence, do you mean like I don't know like extreme
2: stuff like I mean there definitely was some extreme stuff, I know you know um the the majority of Alex's violence is emotional or in the form of like really ripping things out of the ceiling, like chandeliers breaking huge pots, like being very threatening and menacing, oh my gosh. Um, but the emotional abuse is was enacted you know brutally and mercilessly on a when he was around, which wasn't always you know on a moment to moment basis it was horrible till it was horrible and towards the end it was just awful you know mm. uh, yeah. and I mean also like i am a I'm a Christian, so I tried to work it out according to my faith you know and and that's also probably part of the reason why I stayed in so long mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm very, I'm very sorry you had to go through that. That sounds like a nightmare, and I'm, I'm glad you're out of it, and I hope that uh, your voice reaches many more people, and that um, you're able to tell your story
2: and have a relationship with your children. But it's- well, thanks, Ina. I mean, I think the most brutal thing Alex did to me ever was to take my kids away and to keep them away, and then to turn these kids. To, to, to see your kids purposely turned against you, knowing how bad that is for them, knowing what it does to their hearts and, and minds. Um, and then to keep me in litigation, to defame me online. I mean, I think those are some of the most brutal things he's done. He's still doing it, mm-hmm. he's still actively doing mm-hmm. it. My kids are in a dangerous situation, and for them emotionally, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And it, it is very, very, very hard. I know it really is. Like, I, I Everything I'm doing is I'm actively doing it, trying to help my kids. I know a lot of people will say, well, you're hurting them. You're putting this in line. I didn't choose this fight, but I'm not going to sit here and be victimized and attacked in silence and let my kids have the same thing happen to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak out and do everything I can to make this right because the judicial system, and especially Judge Erlinda Naranjo and Travis County, failed my kids. And. It's, I mean, you're his family. It's just
1: his own kids. If he's not shielding them from, like, I don't know, getting all sorts of hateful comments by putting them on InfoWars, then I can't imagine what he'd do to someone he doesn't really care about. And I've heard you talk about how he even mocks his viewers or his supporters, like in privacy.
2: Like, Alex is uh, one of his main character flaws is like his great desire to gossip and mock people generally. So, I mean, he doesn't really care about anybody or anything, even his closest friends uh, or not. He had this childhood friend that he said horrible things about after his death. And oh my gosh. Um, but when you say like Alex putting the kids on the air and that being so hurtful, it's horrible. But behind closed doors, my kids are barraged. With disparaging comments about me, and I know this is true, they've come forward to say it. They've said it in front of me to him. Please stop. I can't. It's hurting them. Like my youngest is still pretty young, it's a lot of emotional pressure on her. Mm -hmm. He is relentless. He actually went up to the school on a day that was my day, grabbed my daughter out of class, which she's not allowed to do, because. Uh, my one of my some of my other kids had reported she had a knot in her hair, like at the nape of her neck, like a little knot in her hair. Recorded her and mocked me while she was in his car. I mean, these are sick behaviors that. And he put that on the air? Would. No, he didn't put oh. it on the air. But he's trying. That's that's another instance of him harassing me, and yeah. stalking me, trying to catch. I mean, he asked my daughter. If she's eaten when she's with me, I mean, there was never any concern about my parenting. I was the best mom in the world, according to him and his parents, until I filed for divorce. Mm. Like, actually saying to my daughter, Is your mom feeding you? Like, what does that say to a kid? Mm-hmm. Yes, my mom's feeding me. Yes, my mom's making me a bento box with a happy face apple, daddy, you know, but what they're expected to reject and say bad things about me, and they're put in the middle as a pawn of his to hurt me. It's horrible. And it's, it's a common thing that actually happens in divorce, so it's got a name. It's called parental alienation. Some people don't like that term because sometimes it's misused against women. Uh, but it, the, It's a specific systematic set of behaviors that Amy Baker is one of the main um, psychologists who have written about this that we proved in court. I proved this forensically. Um, but But other people call it coercive control or even domestic abuse by proxy it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but I bet American can believe that Alex would manipulate not only the public, but even the most vulnerable people in his own life, his Mm -hmm. own children. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: I mean, that seems apparent from him putting his own kid on air to basically do his dirty work and harass Parkland shooting survivors. It's unbelievable. It's horrible. Yeah. So I can't imagine what you're going through. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. If there's anything else you'd like to touch on that I haven't touched on, if there's
2: anything you'd like to plug... Yeah, thanks, I know Well, first of all, I just want to really thank you. I've had a lot of independent journalists come forward. Um, you had mentioned before, like, why isn't this getting more coverage? It is very interesting how many stories that I've had killed that were going to be on front page of big publications, people I've talked to. A lot of it is just the complexity of the issue. But some of it really is, and I know this to be true because I know this about the article that recently came out in the Daily Mail about Ashley Beckford and Rob Jacobson who have filed EEOC complaints and discrimination complaints against Alex, that he has his father call and tell media that, and his father is now like, I don't know, they were living in a one-bedroom pool house. They now have like a multi, multi-million dollar mansion that they live in. And his father is sort of his manager. It's a very weird relationship. But um, mm. but um, he has him call media or when the media contacts Him, he says, no, this is a lie. Well, the guy is actively, you know, is actually in charge and owns one of the most powerful media companies in the world right now, Mm InfoWars, right? So, unfortunately. Yeah, so people are scared to oppose him. I mean, I think people, I had one publication say that they would publish an article that I wrote in my own voice but they're not going to assume that liability people are afraid of liability i really, tell you what, i mean though. people
1: criticize infowars quite a bit in the me- in the mainstream media so
2: i think it's more of like that it's um, into this realm where he's going to say it's a personal issue mm-hmm. and this that or the other um I I don't really know what the phenomenon is. Maybe, I mean, I think what I've experienced actually about the media is they like to take a little snippet and snipe at it, right? Like, I'm really sad for my son that the one thing that the salon reporter wrote about was me saying that my son was brainwashed. Because really what I talked to the salon reporter about was about the court corruption and about how my son has been irresponsibly and improperly left by a judge who's abused her judicial discretion with my ex, Alex Jones, Mm -hmm. right? But my experience is that people like to get their own headlines off of Alex. So they, yeah. uh, they pick some incendiary thing. And everybody loves to hate Alex Jones. Well, if people want to do something about Alex Jones, all they need to do is learn my story, get behind my free speech appeal. I actively need amicus briefs. Amicus briefs are briefs that attorneys can file um, pro bono in support of my case. I have an attorney who's on my appeal case and I can connect any interested attorney listening to this who'd like to support my appeal. It's a, you know, first, fourth, multiple civil liberties appeal. That's one way they can do it. Another way, I mean, I had a video taken down off of YouTube. It took over a month for them to do it, even though it clearly violated so many of their policies. It's unreal. There's still a video up there. I'm trying to get taken down. People there, I have a petition that's on change.org. You can link through from my website, Mm -hmm. citywars.com and sign it. And it's just simply saying, what are your policies Exactly. Where is Alex's standing with you? Because he said that he was about to lose his channel. So was he lying to his viewers? Or YouTube, are you giving him special circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't commented
1: Uh, on it so far?
2: No comment so far. I mean, no big media has picked it up, shockingly so. I had a huge outlet say, well, if somebody else will cover it or if it gets taken down, we'll cover it. But it's just me. I'm like, I get, you know, I've had a lot of great people come forward and support me. Like, but I think it was that something last time I looked at 500 signatures. Are you kidding me? Alex has millions of followers. Mm. Every time I go on the air, like a show like yours, I receive the most horrible threats. People uh, say the most awful, untrue things about me online. I put myself forward, not only for my family, but in defense of actual free speech and justice to try and say, YouTube, you need to abide by your policies. I, there's an avenue at least to understand what their policies are. And if Alex Jones really is in any kind of standing at all, which we all deserve to know, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and that is through me. I really could use people's support with that. Um, my website is custodywars.com. I, I was briefly accepting donations. I don't even have any donations coming in off of it. All of this is self-fund. All of this time is my personal time that I'm spending doing this. Um, and so that's my little plug there, Ina, custodywars.com. And where can
1: people follow you on Twitter?
2: Oh, my Twitter handle is Alex Jones underscore X E X. Alex Jones. Subtle. I, hey, I had, you know, <laughs> people say, why are you using his name? And I'm joking. Why is it just not. Yeah, I know. It's not very subtle. Yeah, no, but you
1: want to draw attention to something, obviously, right? So that's why you're on Twitter. So I, I understand.
2: Yeah, yeah. I want to be the poster child for family court injustice because there's, I have hundreds and hundreds of friends that have experienced horrible, awful injustice, kids left with abusers and worse, predators, and documented. So, I mean, there's article after article that come out about. You know, this child was put with her rapist father, or this child was killed in a home that a person had serious concerns about. In Austin, Texas, in December of last year, a child was murdered by her father. The The opposing counsel in that case was a person who had been on my case, and the therapist on that case was a person who'd been on my case. Children are being left in horribly irresponsible situations by people who do it for money, in Austin, I believe it's a RICO racket. I believe that an investigation by the FBI would show this. I believe that the evidence that the Texas Attorney General has on these criminal actors should be should lead to indictments, and that I hope that public attention on that fact will push them to do what's right, because uh, this is a pervasive problem across the country. So. Yeah, I I appreciate you supporting me. I so much appreciate all my new Twitter followers and the people who have come forward to sign the petition and who are commenting on custodywars.com.
1: Great. And I hope really that you don't get any hateful comments from this appearance.
2: What kind of stuff have you
1: heard from your previous uh, appearances Um, in the media?
2: Well, I've heard, uh, you know, go get into the gas chamber. Basically, I've oh, heard I'm a drug addict. I've heard that I'm a horrible, bitter ex-wife who just wants to hurt, and he's never said anything bad about me. I mean, I've When it's cal- on air, right? Or it has been on air, him saying
1: bad stuff about me. Oh my you.
2: gosh, nice. In fact, Alex, you know, I tried to break the seal of my case so I could speak out publicly when the, when the media was there looking at me for that little microcosm of a moment, you know, during our jury trial, he fought tooth and nail to keep but sealed made me pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend it or close to that figure. And then he went on the next day and held a huge press conference, violated a gag that was in place on our case, and broadcasted court-sealed documents out of context, uh, violated HIPAA law, casting me as being some sort of mental patient or drug addict. I mean, it's insane what he's done. So he had no penalty for that? No, what he has is me trying to simultaneously address this current concerning issue with my son while I am pro se or representing myself on my own defamation um, and intentional affliction lawsuit against him and trying to manage this one appeal with my now limited and running out only source of income, which is a note, not alimony, not child support. What he's had is just had me going, Hey, YouTube, do something, you know, or me speaking out publicly. He's had no repercussion. That would require a legal action that I am really overtaxed to make at this juncture. And I I guess I'll hope to work that into the next time I'm drawn into court by him. Mm-hmm. But um, it really is. It's been a very solo battle and,
1: Uh, And I guess it's an easy dismissal to say that you're the bitter, jealous ex. I mean, of course, there are some personal feelings there. You guys are exes,
2: but I mean, there's also other stuff that you point to, specifics. So I mean, I don't know how having your kids ripped from your life off of lies and perjury and criminal acts and having a judge leave your kids with somebody despite a jury verdict. I don't really see how that's a bitter thing. I think it's a righteously angry stance to come from. I mean, these are legal issues and I have been I and my family have been put through the ringer by Alex after I filed for divorce. I know I filed collaboratively because I knew he'd be vindictive. I was forced to leave when he was endangering our kids. In the litigation process, that means we're not mediating anymore. We're actually in, you know, a law situation. He filed repeatedly with vexatious lying filings to take my kids from me and he succeeded for years and the people who did it who helped him do it some of them said they didn't want me to get my kids back because then they wouldn't make money. This was testified by to by somebody who took a polygraph under oath that this happened. Some of them lied about actual events that influenced things that went forward, and they all referred to each other, and I got the jury for me despite all that, and then the judge left my kids with him. And and then he's lying about me, saying the most awful things. Yeah, no, you don't get to lie about me. You know, Nobody's going to lie about who I am and the decency of me, especially not in a public venue that my kids can see, I'm going to have to address those Mm -hmm. accusations. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I wish you the best of luck, Kelly. I'm sorry you have to go through this again. Thanks again for, for coming on and telling your story. Thank you so much
2: for having me
0: on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it or contributing via patreon patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes no ian e mangoes also you can follow me on twitter at nice mangoes if you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly patreon one you can do so via paypal Nicemangoes.blog at gmail.com remember no ian e mangoes if you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest you can email me there too A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help.